turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. Are you ready for Act 3? Yes, that would be Act 3 of Mrs. William Jefferson Clinton, also known as Hillary. I have this theory. Uh, Joe Biden is toast. Uh, He may have been gradually working his way toward dropping out uh, just by being Joe Biden. But this Ukraine story with his 'er ne'er-do-well son, Hunter, making $50,000 a month working for a company in the Ukraine, doing a job for which he had zero qualifications, it's not going to go away. It's uh, it's actually just getting started, and I don't know how Joe's going to overcome that. And I wouldn't rule out the possibility that the mad scientist Donald Trump saw this coming and had it planned. But I also wouldn't rule out the Clintons seeing this as their opening. Would you put anything past either one of those slippery elms? So Biden has to drop out, and that leaves only Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren as candidates with any chance at getting the nomination. They're both lunatics. And Biden was trying hard to go as far to the left as they are, to get as far left as they are, and still had a decent chance of getting it. But if he drops out, the opening is there for the missus. She can say that she's doing it out of a sense of duty to save the country. And believe me, she's out there working it. She's selling a book. Listen to the response she got yesterday from NARAL. That's the uh, your, your friendly abortionist. A standing ovation. And then she said this. It's fair to say we have known who Donald Trump is for some time now. Uh, We knew he was a corrupt businessman who cheated people. We knew that his campaign invited foreign adversaries to tamper with our elections. And now we know uh, that in the course of his duties as our president, He's endangered us all by putting his personal and political interests ahead of the interests of the American people. So this is a moment of reckoning, uh, a historic moment. And I'm very grateful to Speaker Pelosi for her leadership. Yes, and uh, she's ready. I mean, as far as I know, she didn't trip going up on stage. She didn't seem to be coughing that much. And now the opening is there for her to be the moderate in the race for the nomination. And she would feel justified in saying what she's been saying for the last almost three years now, that she deserved to be president. And Donald Trump is illegitimate. And she got the raw deal in the the whole thing. Wouldn't surprise me. Anyway, when we come back, I'll be talking to a political consultant who knows all about this stuff and get his take on Ukraine impeachment and act three for Mrs. Clinton. All of 
of us deserve a chance to start over again. And Light of Life is a place where people can do that. Joel Gilliam, Executive Director at Light of Life Rescue Mission on Pittsburgh's North Side. Have you ever been in town and you see somebody begging, you see somebody with a sign? One of the questions I get a lot is, like, how do you help that person? What do we do to help someone that is down and out and what's the best thing to do? And what I often will say is that the best thing to do is to show love and show compassion. It's not always the best thing to give them what they're asking for, but to point them in a direction of an organization or of places where they can go and get help. Light of Life is one of those places where those people can get help to find an on-ramp to get back into society. It's not just about a handout. It's about a hand up and the ability to give someone a chance to start over again. Help someone else find a hand up by donating today. Visit lightoflife.org slash give. lightoflife.org slash give. Do you or your business have financial problems? Are you overwhelmed with debt? Then call me, Attorney Dennis Spire at 412-471-7675. My legal practice concentrates on bankruptcy law, debtor rights, and tax matters. I have over 30 years' experience as a former United States Department of Justice bankruptcy attorney and lawyer in private practice. I have represented thousands of cases faced with financial problems and lawsuits. Reorganize and get a fresh start. Call 412-471-7675 or visit my website at DennisSpira.com. Some window replacement companies offer only one window model that might not meet your taste or budget. At Pella, we determine which window or door style will give you the features you want in three types of materials. Pella has blinds between the glass, innovative screening options, and lots more. Don't settle for a one-window model choice that really is no choice at all. Right now, save $150 off windows and $500 off doors or 48 months no interest. Call 888-78-PELLA, PellaPittsburgh.com. The values we hold dear in this country are under attack and there is no bigger American defender than Dinesh D'Souza, our best conservative filmmaker and author. This is your chance to meet Dinesh, learn of his work with 1776 Freedoms Calling and hear him speak Thursday, October 24th at the Duquesne Club in Pittsburgh. VIP reception at 6.15, dinner at 7. Get your tickets at 1776freedomscalling.com or call 412-423-8210. Be part of this historic night with Dinesh D'Souza. The Supreme Court confirmation process has been on the point of breakdown for 30 years, and it finally collapsed with the nomination of Brett Kavanaugh. I'm Molly Hemming. And I'm Carrie Severino. Our new book, Justice on Trial, the Kavanaugh confirmation in the future of the Supreme Court, tells the story of the process that Kavanaugh himself called a national disgrace and a circus. The Supreme Court is the arbiter of America's most divisive disputes. The incentive to destroy Supreme Court nominees has become nearly irresistible. Our book, Justice on Trial, explores how that happened to Brett Kavanaugh and what we must do to prevent it from happening again. With more than 100 interviews, including the president, dozens of senators and other officials, we uncovered shocking details, untold until now. Will the next confirmation fight be even uglier than Kavanaugh's? Our new book, Justice on Trial, has the answer. Justice on Trial, the Kavanaugh confirmation and the future of the Supreme Court is the explosive new bestseller by Molly Hemingway and Carrie Severino. Published by Regnery. Get your copy now at Barnes & Noble, Amazon, and wherever books are sold. Once upon a time, customers would find your business with this big, thick book full of phone numbers and competitors' phone numbers. It was a heavy, cumbersome, yellowish-looking thing. You'd place your ad in the book and hope customers would call. Hello? Now, there's Salem Surround, delivering customers with targeted digital marketing. Get started with a free evaluation of your digital presence and great ideas to increase your online visibility and revenue. Learn more at surroundpittsburgh.com. Surroundpittsburgh.com. Connecting you with new customers. 
This is the John Stackerwalt Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. So, um, what's new on impeachment? Connor Lamb, uh, also known around here as Mr. Invisible, we've tried to get him a couple of times just to give us a comment on the uh, Equality Act. Anyway, he's come out of the woodwork and has apparently signed on to the idea of impeachment. So has every other Democrat in Pennsylvania, I believe. And it all is beginning to sound like Russia and collusion all over again. The Democrats and their friends in the media think this is one more example of the end of the Trump presidency. And Republicans think the Democrats are losing their minds. Matt McCoviak is a political consultant in Austin, Texas and Washington, D.C., a columnist for The Washington Times, a guy that you've seen on all the cable networks doing analysis, and he's a Pittsburgh guy. Matt joins us now. Matt, thanks for being here again. Hey, thanks so much, Sean. Great to be with you. So, uh, I had planned to get you on yesterday. Our plans were changed, uh, and so you agreed to come on today. And so, here we are 24 hours later, and I'm just wondering, is there anything different that you can say about the Ukraine fiasco now that you couldn't have said 24 hours ago? I don't know that we've learned much today. I mean, I think yesterday was more uh, illuminating since you had the Director of National Intelligence uh, testifying to Congress and you had the whistleblower complaint get released. Um, You know, kind of my view on this, John, is that unless the public significantly gets behind impeachment, which we really haven't seen any evidence of that, uh, this is just going to be basically a a partisan exercise where people who don't like Trump, uh, you know, go against it and, you know, stay, stay, you know, support impeachment and stay against the president. People that do like him, you know, don't, don't get behind it. It kind of falls into that same box. I do think there are some serious questions here. You know, I don't understand why the the Democrats, you know, and the media want to take the whistleblower complaint more seriously than the transcript. I mean, the transcript undermines so many of the claims that uh, the left made in the lead up to this in the last few days. You know, it said there was a quid pro quo. There was none. Said Trump was, uh, you know, basically using the defense aid as a basically a bribe. Uh, He doesn't even mention the defense aid. You know, the Wall Street Journal reported he talked about uh, the Bidens eight times. He mentioned them once. Uh, in fact, it was the Ukrainian president who brought up Rudy Giuliani and, and invited him to Ukraine. So, you know, I, I really expected the transcript of the call to be a lot worse than it ended up being. The whistleblower complaint's interesting because you have this whistleblower who, who admits he didn't have direct knowledge of, of any of these, ev- these events, hadn't seen the, co- the transcript when, uh, when he filed the complaint, um, was hadn't wasn't listening to the call uh, in real time or later, so basically he kind of heard something that concerned him, and then he talked to some other people in government, and then he filed a complaint. So it's just kind of this really weird situation. Look, I wish Trump hadn't mentioned you know Biden, the Biden family, and the Ukraine call. Though I think there are serious and legitimate questions about how Hunter Biden got a fifty thousand dollar a month contract in Ukraine. Um, but, you know, inappropriate doesn't mean impeachable. Impeachment is a constitutional remedy. The threshold is extremely high. It's high crimes and misdemeanors. This doesn't meet that threshold, and I don't think a majority of the country is going to see it that way. And what about um, just the idea that um, that a president uh, should be able to talk to a foreign leader without uh, – well, no, the other – actually, what I really want to say is that the, the foreign leader – now, from from here on in, has to wonder if he's talking to, to Donald Trump, how much of what he's saying is going to be splashed all over American media in a, in a week later. Yeah, there's there's very real concern there. And, and obviously, the president of the United States and our constitutional system, our republic, 
uh, is the person who carries out foreign policy. I mean, Congress has a role to play, but we only have one head of state. And so uh, I do think there's a chilling effect there. I mean, keep in mind, John, you had transcripts of President Trump's calls with the leaders of Australia and Mexico that leaked in his first year in office. And so that in and of itself created problems. The Ukrainian president, I think, was asked whether the U.S. could go ahead and release the transcript. And I think, I don't know, something got lost in translation or they just didn't understand the request. But they thought it was just going to be Trump's side of the conversation, not both sides. And apparently they're very upset and frustrated and angry that both sides came out because the, the call did make it look like he was a bit unsophisticated, kind of, you know, complimenting Trump over and over again right. about Trump Tower and his plane and other kind of things like that. So uh, I agree with you. Look, you know, the president has to be able to talk to foreign leaders and has to be able to negotiate and compromise and and, and that kind of thing. Um, so I, I don't know. I mean, to me, the Democrats want to focus on whether Trump called for an investigation rather than the underlying issue, which is, you know, did Biden, was was the vice president, sitting vice president, involved in firing a prosecutor? Uh, it, you know, he basically bragged about it, so it appears he was. What were the underlying reasons for that? You know, how was his son able to get this contract? Was his son basically selling access to his his father was a sitting vice president. That is the issue. The issue is not whether Trump wants someone to investigate it. It's, it's that issue. That right. is, if, if Biden hadn't done this, there's nothing to investigate. Yeah, and what, if, what do you think would be the difference in the coverage from the media if this were Dick Cheney's son, you know, uh, 12, 12 years ago or 13 sure. years ago? Yeah, I mean, we could do that. We can play that game uh, endlessly in terms of how the other sides have played it if things were yeah. reversed. I mean, you know, you can do that forever. Uh, but I, I generally agree with you. I do wonder if this was some type of clever effort by, you know, one of the other Democratic presidential candidates to sort of go after Trump but also go after Biden and sideline him. I really think, John, although the, the, the future is uncertain in terms of how this will all play out for Trump, I do think this is really going to be a cloud that hangs over Biden. Keep in mind, his basically his strongest argument is electability. Mm-hmm. If he has this kind of uncertainty over his candidacy, over what his role was, how his son got the contract, you know, how many trips he took to Ukraine. I mean, are his transcripts with calls to Ukraine going to be released? I'd sure like to see them yeah. uh, at this point, right? I just think to me, it's it's a kind of it's, it's similar to the cloud that oh, that hung over Hillary's presidential candidacy, and if that pierces his electability argument, he doesn't have much else to go on. Yeah, he may by that time forget that he has a son named Hunter. That's the way things are going, Joe. So, but how yeah. about how about my crazy theory that I started the show with before we brought you on here that the Clintons saw this coming and they're ready to jump in the minute Joe Biden bails out. Hillary's out there um, ostensibly uh, promoting a book. It's got a book that I'm sure she didn't write three sentences in, but it, it's um, she's out there promoting a book with their daughter. And uh, I played a sound bite. Uh, I, I played the sound of the crowd at NARAL went crazy, standing ovation. If if Joe Biden bails out and all you're left with really is the two, I don't know, you can tell me if I'm wrong. I think the only two people left with any kind of a chance to get the nomination, if it's the same group, would be Bernie Sanders and uh, Elizabeth uh, Warren. So wouldn't that make for a great spot for Hillary to say, well, you know, I guess we need a moderate and I can be that person. And, you know, I feel that, uh, obligated to my country. And, it's you know, I, I got uh, this. This president is, is illegitimate in the first place. It all makes all kinds of sense to me. Wouldn't surprise me, put it that way. Yeah, I mean, that, that's a fascinating uh, scenario you propose. And I'll be honest with you, 
I haven't spent 10 seconds thinking about Hillary in quite a long time. I, I, I agree that she's still trying to sort of stay relevant, stay visible. She makes comments in the press every once in a while. She's out there obviously trying to make money. You'd think they'd made enough money. Oh, my. I think, I think I think they've made over a hundred million dollars yeah. since Bill left the White House, but um, it, that will be interesting. My guess is it's too late uh, for someone to get in at this point. But you know, Hillary obviously starts with some advantages relative to the other candidates. I think the question is: Look, does she want to be in a field of five or eight or ten people? No. I mean, it's one of the reasons she succeeded last time is you had basically only one other real candidate, and Bernie Sanders wasn't able to unify the Democratic Party against her. He got pretty close, mm-hmm. but the superdelegates ultimately saved her. Uh, this is different, and the energy is not in the middle of the party. The energy is on the left, and so she's going to get pulled to the left on all these issues. Does she support a Green New Deal? Does she support Medicare for All? I don't know. She may not know. So it would surprise me if she'd want to do it. On the other hand, it's a much shorter race. She doesn't have to run for two years. She has to run for you know a few months till people start voting. Uh, and she obviously lost the last election, so it gives her a chance to change sort of her legacy. So it's a fascinating scenario. I think the odds are, st- are pretty low. Look, Biden's not going to be out anytime soon. I just think what this may do is debilitate his candidacy and weaken him to the point where Warren wins Iowa and New Hampshire and becomes the, the presumptive front runner. And at that point, it probably is too late for someone to get in because you've got ballot deadlines and other, other challenges. So I don't know. It just looks increasingly to me, John, like this is Elizabeth Warren's uh, to lose. She's got all the enthusiasm. She's got more money than she needs. She has a, a path through the early states. She's put a lot of ideas out there. She's getting big crowds. And, uh, look, she may be another Democrat that Trump can beat, uh, given given his own political standing. We'll have to see how things play out. But if, if Biden is out uh, whenever that happens, is there anybody other than uh, Warren or uh, Bernie Sanders who's even got a chance in that group? You know, the only other one, I think, look, you've seen Kamala Harris has really been losing altitude. Yeah. I think she was in fifth place in her own state in California in a recent poll. Uh, you know, she had an early bump of a, a while back. The only other person I think that could go the distance is Pete Buttigieg, the mayor of South Bend. He raised $25 million in the third quarter. He has the money to hang around. The rest of these candidates are hanging by a thread. Cory Booker said if he didn't raise $1.8 million by the end of the weekend, he's out. You know, Julian Castro's team said today if he's not in the next debate, he's out. So they're starting to sort of get desperate. Uh, Buttigieg doesn't need to be desperate, and he's kind of running as more of a fresh face, next-generation type type Democrat. So I think he may be one person to watch. I could see him overperforming in Iowa. But you're right. I mean, look, there just aren't that many candidates at this point that have, that can scale, that are national figures, that have the right, that have real campaigns, and that have the ability to raise money and stay in this thing. Most candidates barely have enough money for the first few early states. You've got to be able to, to go beyond that and, and, and keep the money going, even if you don't have some success in those early states. Buttigieg is the only other person besides Bernie and Elizabeth Warren that could, stay, that could hang around if Biden were to fail. We're talking to Matt Makoviak. He's a political consultant in Austin, Texas, in Washington, D.C., uh, and a Pittsburgh guy. Um, so um, do, do either one of those people, uh, Warren or Sanders, have any chance of, of beating Trump? I mean, assuming that Trump, they don't find, you know, a million dollars in somebody's brown pants right. somewhere, you know. Right. Yeah. So I would say with Sanders, unequivocally, no, I don't think yeah. Sanders can win. I think he's way too extreme and, and really just doesn't have any ability to appeal to, to voters in the middle. It would be easy to contrast with and, and to, to kind of 
uh, you know, minimize his candidacy. Warren, I mean, I, I'm, I'm inclined to believe that Trump would have the upper hand on Warren. I think she's, she's dangerous. I think she's pretty extreme. You know, she wants to, she said she wants to shut fracking down on day one. You can imagine what that would mean in Western Pennsylvania and right. throughout parts of the Midwest and certainly in Texas. Um, but look, she, she has a message. She has enthusiasm. Um, she's different. She's a different kind of candidate. And so I, I can't say with certainty that Trump would beat her, but I think he had to have a good chance. To me, Biden is the one who's stronger in a general election, but now he's got this cloud hanging over him as it relates to Ukraine, and there's also questions about deals he did in China. So I don't know. All these people kind of seem a little bit, uh, a little bit uh, you know, weakened or, 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 or at least vulnerable. And so you know, Trump's path to re- re-election victory remains narrow, because he doesn't have a, a huge map to draw on. There's not a lot of other states that are likely to move into their column. But if he wins Pennsylvania, Michigan, and Wisconsin again, he's going to be president for another four years. It's going to come down to those three states. And Pennsylvania's going to play a massive role again. And how does somebody like Warren win Pennsylvania? He, he, she, uh, Hillary got destroyed in western Pennsylvania. And they're, they're just, um, they're just um, insisting that they're going to get rid of coal and oil and and fracking they hate fracking and uh, that's all that's a pretty big deal here in western pa no doubt and you know I, the only way she could do it is if she could somehow just run up massive massive numbers in philly and in the suburbs uh and and look i think that's that's i guess a playbook that you know certainly democrats have used in the state at the statewide level in the past but you're right. The problem they have is that, that Trump would roll up such huge numbers of the T in the West, in Western PA. That I think would be very, very challenging. You know, the question is, can you appeal to voters in the middle? And I think Trump is going to contrast very well with Warren. People may not like Trump personally, and may not like the way he uses Twitter, may think mm-hmm. he's unusual, but they're going to see, I think a lot of them are going to see Warren as truly dangerous, as wanting to change our country, going away from capitalist system, going after Wall Street. You know, in some places that may be popular, but if you have a pension, if you care about the stock market, you know, you may not want to see that. You may want to see, may not want to see massive tax increases, uh, Medicare for all style healthcare system that would end private insurance. You know, you go down the list, these issues are just not going to work with the middle of the country. Can anybody uh, stay as far left as the Democrats are right now, all of them that are running now? Can anybody stay as far left as they are and win? Oh, I mean, are they, I mean, do you think they're going to yeah. double down on, on the stuff like, you know, eliminating coal and the, the, uh, the Green New Deal? Well, they're certainly running to the left in the primary because they feel they have to. And then, yeah. of course, whoever the nominee is, they're going to try to tack back to the center. And then it'll be interesting to see whether they pay a price. They may, they may calculate that, you know, Democratic uh, hatred of Trump is so strong that if they move back to the middle, it won't cost them very much. The question is, can Trump and his campaign really hold these candidates accountable for the statements and promises they made when they were running in the primary? Look, this is the distinction that Biden and, to a certain extent, Buttigieg and maybe someone like Amy Klobuchar have with the rest of the candidates. The rest of the candidates are way, 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 way to the left on every issue. Biden hasn't taken those those litmus tests to the same extent. Same with Buttigieg, who hasn't for Medicare for All. Same with Amy Klobuchar, who's running as sort of a radical moderate. Um, you know, it's not clear whether there's a consistency for that among Democratic primary voters in the early states. You know, if you look, the, the number of Democratic primary voters who describe themselves as independent or moderate is actually more than half. But the energy in the party is way on the left on the progressive side. And so if someone can consolidate that, that, that moderate vote in the Democratic primary, and presumably that would be Biden, uh, they're going to have a chance to, to perform well in those early states and become the nominee and run on electability. But 
Yeah, I think all these candidates are making promises they can't keep. The math doesn't work. They're all proposing ideas that are going to require middle-class tax increases. Uh, and a lot of these ideas are just way, way, way outside the mainstream. And they're going to give Trump a great opportunity, if the economy remains strong, for him to run on uh, run a contrast campaign and win re-election. I got about thirty seconds and a hard break here, Matt. What about the Never Trumpers? Are they gonna? Would they rather see Hillary Clinton or Elizabeth Warren or Joe Biden than Trump again? The pump, I'm talking question. about in the Republicans. Oh, oh, yeah, it's a good question. I mean, they obviously were against him, kind of theoretically in 2016, prospectively. Now they can see what he's done. Some of them are so invested in Trump, you know, going away that they may stick to it. But if you support socialism more than you support capitalism, you're not a conservative no matter what you call yourself. Matt, thanks a lot. Appreciate it, as usual. Take care. All right, Matt Makoviak uh, from Washington, D.C., Austin, Texas, and Pittsburgh, PA. We'll be right back. With SRN News, I'm Keith Peters in Washington. Three Democrat-led House committees have subpoenaed Secretary of State Mike Pompeo for documents pertaining to contacts with Ukraine. They've also demanded depositions for five State Department officials over the matter in the next two weeks. President Trump has been active on Twitter defending his Ukraine phone call and criticizing Democrats and the media. White House correspondent Greg Clugston reports. In a series of tweets, the president describes his conversation with Ukraine's leader as simple, very nice, and very legal. He says it could not have been better or more honorable. But the president accuses the fake news media and Democrats of working as a team. He says they have fraudulently made the phone call look bad and calls the latest investigation a continuing witch hunt. Greg Clugston, the White House. On Wall Street, the Dow down by 70 points. The Nasdaq dropped 91. The S&P lower by 16. This is SRN News. Folks, in recognition of the Jewish High Holy Days, the New Year and Day of Atonement, Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, the Prager Store is offering any single book of my Torah teachings on CD, download, or a flash drive for 50% off. And the store will include an autographed copy of the Rational Bible Genesis for free. Pretty good. This is Dennis Prager. The Jewish New Year, known as Rosh Hashanah, is on September 29th and 30th. And Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement, is on October the 8th. These are the most important days in the Jewish calendar. Until Yom Kippur, on October 8th, the Prager Store is offering any single book of my Torah teachings for 50% off. Download, flash drive, or CDs. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Deuteronomy, Numbers, actually. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Plus, you will receive an autographed copy of the Rational Bible, the Genesis edition, for free. If it's meant to change your life, go to thepragerstore.com. Mike Gallagher believes in communication. We have got to be willing to talk to each other. And I truly believe that our side is willing to talk to their side, but their side is so unhinged that they just don't want to have the conversation. The Mike Gallagher Show, weekdays at 9, right before Dennis Prager at noon on AM 1250. The Answer. If you're worried about market volatility or the possibility of losing money in the next market crash, the time to act is now. Effective financial management involves identifying opportunities. And with a 10-year bull market run, markets around all-time highs, and a highly contested election cycle right around the corner, we have an opportunity now to protect what's important. Don't risk losing a significant portion of your life savings in the next market downturn. Call Hunt & Associates today, 844-366-HUNT. That's 844-366-4868. Community Bank. 
City Mission, Number One Cochrane, Highmark Stadium, Peters Township Community Center, Angelo's Restaurant. What do all these businesses have in common? Nello Construction, design and build with one company. Nello Construction, full service construction from the ground up. Renovation, expansion. Nello Construction, the choice for business. See the projects, begin the journey at NelloConstruction.com. Hey, Pittsburgh, this is Tunch Elkin for my good friends at Calusi Chevrolet. If you've been thinking about a new car, truck, or crossover, now is the time to visit Calusi Chevrolet. With the fall sales event in full swing, Calusi has great savings on their entire lineup, including the 2019 Equinox. All month long, you can qualify for 0% APR financing for up to 60 months, plus $750 bonus cash on select models. Check them out at Calusi.com. Find new roads at Calusi Chevrolet. This is Jay Hagerman of Abernathy and Hagerman. Upon your passing, you wouldn't want a judge to decide who raises your children or how your estate gets divided. It is important to review your estate planning documents to ensure they protect what matters most. At Abernathy and Hagerman, we will work with you to establish an estate plan that nominates a guardian for your minor children and that your assets are used for your family's benefit. Judge for yourself. For legal help that lasts a lifetime, visit a-h.law. Stuck in traffic? We've got the answer. Plenty of delays out there on the inbound Parkway West, 79 to the Fort Pitt Tunnel. Also got an accident inbound approaching McLaren Road. Parkway East outbound, that's very heavy. Boulevard the Allies to the Britain Road overpass. Inbound Forest Hills to the Squirrel Hill Tunnel. Delays northbound 79, Mount Nebo Road up to 19. Southbound busy Noblestown Road to Bridgeville. And 51 seeing the Elizabeth Bridge shut down for emergency repair. That's a look at traffic. I'm Johnny Robinson. AM 1250, The Answer, Weather. Partly cloudy and warm tonight, the low 67 degrees. Tomorrow, very warm and more humid with clouds and sunshine. There'll be a shower or thunderstorm around for the afternoon and evening hours. The high tomorrow, 86. will stay warm and muggy tomorrow night, 63. For Sunday, clouds and some sunshine. Another warm afternoon with highs near 80. With Iraqi weather forecast, I'm meteorologist Danielle Niddle. This is the John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250, The Answer. And now, it's time for The Jerk of the Week, starring John Steigerwald. And just to show the kiddies out there that even they can become Jerk of the Week, our winner this week is a 16-year-old girl who showed kids all over the world how to be a jerk when she went on the world stage at the UN Climate Summit and scolded adults everywhere for ruining her life. Now, it's too bad you can't see her face while she's saying all this. And keep in mind, by the way, that both of her parents are actors. This is all wrong. I shouldn't be up here. I should be back in school on the other side of the ocean. Yet, you all come to us young people for hope. How dare you? You have stolen my dreams in my childhood with your empty words. And yet, I'm one of the lucky ones. People are suffering. People are dying. Entire ecosystems are collapsing. We are in the beginning of a mass extinction. And all you can talk about is money and fairy tales of eternal economic growth. How dare you? That's Greta Thunberg of Sweden. 
And what's really scary is think about what a mess this kid's going to be 10 years from now. And here's hoping that Greta has a bunch of girls over for a sleepover tonight to talk about the honor of being named the Windows R Us Jerk of the Week. The Jerk of the Week is brought to you by Windows R Us, Pittsburgh's premier exterior replacement company. Expert repair and replacement for windows, roofs, siding, doors, gutters, and downspouts. Why pay double? Visit WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. And uh, how about Greta, huh? But if you have to see her. I'm sure by now you've seen the video of this crazy kid. And she is, uh, if she's not crazy, she's uh, a really good actress and does a really good job of portraying a crazy 16-year-old because... Uh, you heard the soundbite there from her. Um, and there, uh, I saw a story just a little while ago. I, I meant to save it, and I forgot. I just thought of it now. Um, over in the U.K., a, uh, they had a kid commit suicide, and the reason he committed suicide was climate change. He was worried about the world ending, uh, I guess, sometime in the next 15, 20 minutes, and he, he, uh, he committed suicide. Um, so they're scaring kids. They're taking kids out of school. Was that last week they did that? Last uh, Friday, I think it was. Um, that's when this idiot girl showed up. Um, and uh, they they let them get out of school to go downtown and do whatever they did and march all over the all over the world it was going on and they were told that uh, you know the world's coming to an end. They they've not only were the, have they been told but they are now which we see in this 16-year-old jerk of the week, that they're out there telling, uh, they're scolding adults as though uh, all the adults in the world have let them down somehow because the the world is about to end. And um, I, I think we, last week we had on the guest who, who compiled 50 years of panic from uh, environmentalists uh, going all the way back to, well, 50 years, 1967, I think it was, actually. Uh, they're talking about famine and the Ice Age and all that stuff. And these kids, nobody is, I don't understand how this stuff gets out there and it becomes this movement. And you have these uh, large groups of kids and even adults and supposedly smart people who are regurgitating all this stuff about the planet being in in, uh, in danger. And, you know, if we don't do something in the next 10 years, we're all going to, the planet is uh, ir- irreparable. Uh, the damage will be irreparable. Um, that why, why does it just, why are these stories of uh, um, scientists who claim that the, the uh, New York City was going to be underwater. I mean, I had the, the list of them last week, and uh, and why doesn't anybody ever throw that up in the faces of these people who are up on stage or, or showing up in uh, media situations on panels on uh, CNN and MSNBC or wherever else? Um, why doesn't anybody run those stories by them and say, well, what if we would have listened to these people who said in 1967 that... Um, New York City was going to be underwater, or at least parts of it were going to be underwater. I, I, the, it might be why we uh, see that the Americans have uh, less trust in the media than they've ever had. Uh, there's a story here from Gallup from a couple of days ago that the um, America's trust and confidence in the mass media to, quote, report the news fully, accurately, and fairly has dropped to its lowest level in Gallup polling history. 
32% say they have a great deal or fair amount of trust in the media. That's down 8 percentage points from last year. Um, Gallup started asking it in 1972 and on a yearly basis since 97. Over the history of the entire trend, Americans' trust and confidence hit its highest point in 1976. 1976, 72% uh, uh, were saying that they uh, had a great degree of trust in the media. Uh, That was in the wake of widely lauded examples of investigative journalism regarding Vietnam and the Watergate scandal. And then it stayed uh, in the low to mid-50s through the late 90s and into the early years of the 21st century. America's trust in the media has fallen slowly and steadily. It has consistently been below a majority level since 2007. That's 12 years. Um, And uh, guess who's dropping the the, uh, numbers? It's the Republicans. Uh, Americans' trust in the media has been eroding over time. The election campaign may be the reason it's been falling so sharply this year, with many Republican leaders and conservative pundits saying Hillary Clinton has received uh, – that was going back to last year. But um, uh, this is this has been going on for a long time. And um, uh, they th- – it, it keeps dropping, and you wonder why. All you got to do is turn the uh, any one of the stations on. And I guess if you're a, a liberal and you turn on Fox, you think you're seeing nothing but lies there, too. I don't know. I don't watch the other channels. I just kind of read up uh, on the uh, the highlights of what they do. And every once in a while, I'll see a story, that something that they reported. Uh, ABC last night reported a story about the, the transcript, uh, the Ukraine transcript, the Donald uh, Trump uh, telephone conversation. And they left out 500 words and made it sound like Donald Trump said, do me a favor, investigate Joe Biden. When what he actually said was, do me a favor, and and he went on to say something else about uh, government uh, corruption. And then he said something about Joe Biden, but it wasn't related to the sentence in which he said, do me a favor. And that's the kind of stuff they do. So they they reported what he said, but it's not that hard to to, um, distort what's going on and 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 just just by changing a sentence here and there or leaving a sentence out and you know um what's what what people a lot of people don't get and i guess i i understand this from having worked in the in the tv news business and having worked in the media and written columns it's not just what you say uh about a certain subject or how you report a certain subject it's about which subjects you report and which which stories you decide not to report. So it could be biased by omission, by just leaving things out. Like Joe Biden's son, Hunter Biden. Where is he? Where is Hunter Biden? I've never, the only picture I've ever seen of him is when he's, uh, a couple that they've been showing when he's standing there with, with Joe. Um, I'm sorry, but if this guy were a Republican, somebody would have found him by now. Some, some uh, one of the networks would have had a camera waiting for him outside of his house. Uh, they would have caught him somewhere. If he was hiding, they still would have found him. You can't get away if they really want to find you. And so they're making no effort to find him. And uh, it's that, that's, a, that's an example, and you wonder why people don't trust the media. It's, uh, it's that they, they all have to do is watch. All you have to do is watch these shows. Uh, we're going to take a break. We're going to come back and tell you about uh, Food for the Poor. And then after that, uh, I'm going to tell you that uh, Tom Brady's popularity, are you ready, is a result of white supremacy. We'll be back. 
blow into town with the wind, rain, and hail. And out-of-town storm chasers going door-to-door, often posing as a local company, offering a quick fix to desperate homeowners. If you've had damage to your roof, windows, siding, or gutters and downspouts, you may be eligible to get them replaced or repaired free of charge. Just be careful who you call. Visit WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of their highly trained appraisers. With over 50 years in home remodeling, Windows R Us is the area's premier exterior replacement company for roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, doors, and of course windows. If damage isn't your issue and you just want something new, you'll love their no-pressure approach, no hidden fees, and one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry. A company who will never skip town when it comes to honoring their warranty. Visit WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. Mention Stag for an additional 10% off. Windows R Us, proud sponsor of the Jerk of the Week, heard every Friday on the John Stagerwald Show. WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. Are you willing to go through another season with cold and drafty windows or doors? Well, you don't have to. Pella has a great sale going on right now. Get $150 off windows and $500 off doors or 48 months no interest. Energy efficiency, noise control. Plus, we are certified best for kids. Our warranties are the best in the business and expert installation too. It's Pella on sale right now. Call 888-78-PELLA, PellaPittsburgh.com. The values we hold dear in this country are under attack and there is no bigger American defender than Dinesh D'Souza, our best conservative filmmaker and author. This is your chance to meet Dinesh, learn of his work with 1776 Freedoms Calling and hear him speak Thursday, October 24th at the Duquesne Club in Pittsburgh. VIP reception at 6.15, dinner at 7. Get your tickets at 1776freedomscalling.com or call 412-423-8210. Be part of this historic night with Dinesh D'Souza. Well, so many of us know Haiti as a poor country. What you may not understand is they are in the grip of a humanitarian crisis. I'm John Stagerwald with Food for the Poor's Anitra Parmalee on the humanitarian crisis in Haiti. It's almost a perfect storm of suffering. Drought that is extended for a long period of time. Access to food and water has been cut off. They long for food for their children. I met mothers who hadn't been able to feed their children for two, three days, where access to water was an hour walk up a mountain and at three o'clock in the afternoon 95 degrees they would say the water's done what do you do that means no bathing little cooking the only water you have is for survival you can literally change this today just 80 dollars will provide one child food for a year and water for life 320 dollars can do the same for an entire family call 855-358-4673 today and help as many as you can that's 855-358-HOPE What is a warrior? At Portersville Christian School, a warrior is more than a team name. Here, at their fully accredited K-12 grade Christian school, just 15 minutes north of Cranberry, a warrior is taught to serve, to passionately model the love of Christ toward neighbor, community, and world. A warrior is challenged to learn as they develop a strong work ethic, achieve academic excellence, and cultivate a lifelong love of learning. And a warrior is trained to lead through Christian character and integrity so they can impact the world for Christ by their example wherever God calls them. So, are you a warrior? Discover Portersville Christian School, a fully accredited K-12 grade Christian school just 15 minutes north of Cranberry, where warriors are made at OurPCS.org. That's O-U-R-P-C-S dot org. The John Steigerwall Show. AM 1250, The Answer. 
My name is Gabriel Jean Charles, and I'm 48 years old. How does he provide for his family? We're not able to cultivate soil, and it's not by week because, let's say, for instance, I plant some corn today, it's going to take three months for me to get something out of it. If it doesn't rain, then I don't get anything out of it. This year has been really hard because I haven't been able to produce anything, and so sometimes if I'm able to go and buy a small bucket or container of corn milk and then I sell it back to make some money but that's about it. How much money does it take for him to feed his children for one day? A hundred and fifty goods for a container of corn milk but when I buy that that's not even enough for the kids. We cook it and then they say they're still hungry. I feel really useless. I'm not able to do anything for my family. Um, my dad, he's blind, so he relies on me to take care of him. And it's been six months since I've gone to see him because every time I go, he has hope that I'm bringing him something. And whatever I get, it's not even enough for me to feed my own family here. So I feel really useless. Food for the Poor, Paul Jacobs joins us now. Well, Paul, thanks for being here. It is great to be with you, And uh, you're doing great work. And, again, what's impressive about this to me is that you guys have spotted the problem and you've focused on a problem of food and water. You can you can talk about giving money to the poor and it can go for all kinds of things. But this, you got to eat and you got to drink. And this this is... Targeted, well-targeted. It's the tip of the iceberg for these families. You're talking about families that go routinely two and three days without feeding their children, not because they're bad parents, Mm -hmm. but because when you're earning a dollar or two a day, when the really the the weather has created a drought for the last three years that has wiped out farms, large and small, and many of these families live buy or earn a living by these farms. You all remember when, you know, the steel industry dried up in the 70s here in Western PA. Imagine that happening in the agrarian economy in Haiti for the last three years and there's no jobs. So when you talk about providing food and water, it's the the basics so that families can survive. We're talking to Paul Jacobs of Food for the Poor and the number again, if you'd like to uh, donate is uh, 855-358-4673. That's 358-HOPE. Uh, and you can go online at the answer pgh slash hope. Uh, that's answer pgh slash hope hope. So this is an ongoing thing, and this is Haiti. Anytime you hear the word Haiti, you get this picture in your mind of just absolute total poverty everywhere. What's the? Is it ever going to get any better? I mean, what? What these? I mean, you have to eat and you have to drink, but. Is it ever going to get any better for these people now? If, if I'd rank the number of times uh, I get asked about Haiti, what was being the number one question, it's exactly that. Mm-hmm. And my answer has not changed in almost 10 years at Food for the Poor. The answer is it gets better in the communities where you and I are intervening ourselves. We're interjecting ourselves. Places like Alpha Village and Boan and, and, and other communities where Food for the Poor finds these far outreaching communities and says, we can help. We can make a change. We come back to listeners here in Western PA and we say, 
This is a need. We can help these families. And they're forever changed. And so, yes, it is getting better in those communities. And now we're on to our next community, which is a community called Kylie. It's high in the mountains west of the the capital city of Port-au-Prince. These families have been forgotten. These pastors thought that really this was their lot in life until Food for the Poor found them, our our teams found them, and we found a, a need and we found a way to help these families get food, get clean water, and get back to living. And again, everything is re- relevant because, uh, relative, I should say, um, because getting better for someone in Western Pennsylvania might mean <laughs> you know getting a ten dollar raise uh, for the week or or or, or uh, getting a, a promotion for their job. It's still getting down to the basics of being able to eat and yeah. drink clean water. Yeah. That if you've been going without that, getting better isn't isn't doesn't require all that much. I had a mother tell me that. My little girl drinks this water from the gutter every single day, and I worry that she'll be sick because then I don't have the money to provide medicine, antibiotics, which we get so readily available and so inexpensive here in the States. And that's her goal is to keep her child healthy. Her goal is that the child will be healthy enough that she can continue in school. Her goal is that she'll be able to read and write and possibly get a job and somehow break out of that cycle of poverty. Well, it starts here. You are the one, the catalyst that changed all of that with food, with clean water, with a level and measure of hope that these families yesterday didn't know. And once again, that's uh, just $80 will give uh, food for a year and water for life for one child. 160 is food for a year and water for life for two kids. And 320 or $27 per month, that's food for a year and water for life for one family. The phone number, it's um, 1-855-358-HOPE. That's 1-855-358-4673. You can uh, do it online at the answer, PGH slash hope. The answer, PGH slash hope. Paul, thanks and good luck. Thank you. And that finishes our campaign here for this uh, last two weeks. And I hope uh, we, we appreciate everybody who uh, sent money in and uh, helped the people of Haiti. And uh, as we've been telling you, that money goes directly where you think it's going, right to the people, gets them food and water. So appreciate all that. Got about two minutes left here for the week. Uh, why not finish with some sports, you know? I don't think Tom Brady is all that popular around here. Maybe that means we don't have a lot of white supremacists because <laughs> Campus Reform, which is one of my favorite sites, because they, they really come up with the stupidity that's um, just just pouring over the uh, everybody's heads on college campuses. Um, this says here, according to uh, the college campus reform, that um, a guy named uh, Kyle Coos, he's a uh, professor at the University of Rhode Island, where it costs $44,000 a year to go. Uh, he's written a book, and uh, one of the chapters is Making American White Men Great Again, Tom Brady, Donald Trump, and the Allure of White Male Omnipotence in Post-Obama America. So if you're white, you are upset and in a rage because you had to put up with eight years of a, a black president. Quarterback Tom Brady has gained popularity due to the latest wave of white rage and white disturbing racial reaction among white conservatives in response to the idea that a black man would be president. And he says, and uh, Brady is figured as an unconflicted and unapologetic embodiment of upper-class white exceptionality and manly omnipotence. Not just a good quarterback. 
There's actually there people. They, this, this guy is teaching, and meanwhile he's a he's a professor of kinesiology. What's he writing this stuff for? Um, but that's uh, that's what you got there, and um, that's Tom Brady. If if you like him, which you probably don't, if you're within the range of my voice right now, you probably don't like him. But if you do, it's because you are a white supremacist, and you should be ashamed of yourself. And don't send your kid to Rhode Island. we got a long list of places not to send your kid to college. Thanks again to Aaron Byrne, a great week of producing. And thank you for listening, and I will talk to you again on Monday. Bye. The John Steigerwall Show is a production of AM 1250, The Answer, and Salem Media Group.